There is an obvious pattern in our gospel lesson today. Jesus tells his disciples, when you give alms, give your alms in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, pray in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you fast, fast in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So Jesus has some things to say to us about the way that we give alms and the way that we pray and the way that we fast. And uh, all of that is well and good, and we should give careful, prayerful consideration to how the giving of alms and prayer and fasting will shape our observance of Lent. But the thing that I want to focus on today has to do with the emphasis that Jesus puts on secrecy. What exactly is Jesus saying here? Why all this emphasis on secrecy? Not only the secrecy that he says we should practice, but the secrecy that he says God practices. Why should we make sure that our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing, or that no one should be able to tell that we're fasting? What is it about piety that is practiced in secret that makes it so commendable? You would think we would rather set an example by practicing our piety in a way that others can see and take note of. I want to start by ruling out a few things that Jesus is not saying here. Jesus is not commending secrecy for its own sake because we can be just as self-righteous about things that we do in secret as we can be about things that we do in public. In fact, we will even go so far as to make the fact that we are practicing our piety in secret just like Jesus told us an occasion for self-righteousness. But it's not the case that the more secret we are, the holier we are. That would be another version of trying to secure righteousness on our own terms. So it's not secrecy for its own sake. The other thing that I don't think is going on here is a simple contrast between the public piety of those that Jesus describes as hypocrites and the private piety that he commends to his disciples. That's not what he's doing. It's not secrecy for the sake of being different from the other guy. That's the same mistake that the hypocrites were making. They sought to distinguish themselves from everyone else by making a show of their piety. Well, we can't seek to distinguish ourselves by not making a show of the way that we practice our piety. If the only reason that we're gonna practice our piety is in secret, is so that we're guaranteed not to look like those who do so in public, then we're really no different from the hypocrites. We take pride in our humility. So it's not that either. So what is really going on here? The thing about secrecy is the way that it makes us vulnerable, the way that it makes God vulnerable. Think about what happens when someone tells you a secret or when you tell someone else a secret. You have to get very close to them. You have to be quiet. You have to give your full attention to what's being shared. And once you have shared a secret with someone else, you have to trust. You protect a secret because to splash it all over the place would not only spoil the secret, it would also, more importantly, violate the trust and the confidence of the one with whom you share that secret. Pursuing the life of faith 
involves sharing a secret with God. And what is the secret? The secret is that God loves us. And the reason that's a secret is because there is so much in our lives that tells us otherwise. God whispers. The world shouts. God is patient. The world is anxious. God is faithful. The world is treacherous. And by the world, I mean us. And so if we are to be faithful, we have to learn to listen, to listen to the secret that God longs to tell to each of us. And this is a dynamic that shapes our whole life of faith because even though God loves us and will go to any lengths whatsoever to find us and to whisper the secret of his love to us, God loves us too much to leave us where he finds us. He calls us on, he calls us to follow and to grow, to allow more of our lives to be shaped by the secret of his love. And in those moments in our lives when we find it hard to hear the voice of God, we may find that it is because he has gone ahead of us and is quietly but insistently calling back to us to come up and join him. The life of faith is one long exercise in the practice of listening, listening to the quiet but steady voice of God calling us forward, out of darkness and into light, out of sin into righteousness, out of death and into life. Because God is intent on redeeming us, on raising us to new life and sharing his power and his life with us. And in order to hear that secret, we have to draw very close to God. We have to quiet ourselves and make ourselves still and vulnerable. We have to pay close attention to what God is saying to us because if we are distracted by noise or by busyness, we will miss it. And when we hear the secret of God's love, when we really hear it, and it becomes something that we protect and we cherish, not something that we would ever dream of using to demonstrate our superiority. As we learn to live in the vulnerability that we need to hear the secret of God's love, we become prepared to be vulnerable in other ways. We have to learn to trust that our goodness and our righteousness is never something that we secure on our own. We have to allow God to do the work of making us into holy people. And by practicing our piety in secret, we acknowledge that righteousness is not something we achieve. We have to learn to let go of all the convenient supports and all the convenient noise that we use to buttress our sense of self-righteousness and self-satisfaction. And instead, we have to learn to stand only on the foundation of the righteousness that God speaks to us in the silence of his love. Because the righteousness that God provides for us is itself given in secret. To paraphrase St. Paul, the wisdom of God is revealed through the foolishness of the world. The strength of God is revealed through the weakness of the world. The righteousness of God comes to us not in a big, public, splashy display, but in obscurity and concealment, in hiddenness, in the secrecy of an itinerant peasant preacher who dies as a condemned criminal. 
Now in our day, our encounter with God in Christ is made possible through the Holy Spirit. And here again, we should expect God to be moving in hidden and secret ways. Like Elijah who encounters God not in the great earthquake or not in the mighty wind or not in the rushing fire, but in the sound of absolute silence. So we too often have to strain to hear the voice with which God speaks. Another way of saying all of this would be to say that secrecy, the practice of secrecy, brings together three of the primary practices of the contemplative life. Solitude, stillness, and silence. The exercise of solitude is less about drawing away from other people and more about drawing near to God. The exercise of stillness is less about perfection in some kind of ascetic discipline and more about cultivating our capacity for trust and obedience. And the exercise of silence is less about resigning ourselves to waiting passively for something to happen and more about straining forward with every fiber of our being to hear what God is whispering to us. So as you think about your observance of Lent this year, think about what changes you might make in your life that would enable you to enter more fully into the kind of solitude that enables you to draw close to God, to enter more fully into the kind of stillness that enables you to practice obedience and trust, to enter more fully into the silence that gives you room to stretch out and strive to hear the voice of God. And remember that these practices may involve giving something up, but they may involve taking something on, being active in some new way, a way that helps align you to the call of God, to hearing the voice of God as he whispers the secret of his love to you. In this season of Lent, God longs to draw near to each of us with the secret of his love. How will we meet him? Hear now the words of the prophet Isaiah. In returning and in rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. That is an invitation to a holy Lent.